وَإِذَا and when قِيلَ لَهُمْ it is said to them اِتَّقُوا fear meaning beware of مَا that which بَيْنَ أَيْدِيكُمْ it is between your hands meaning it is before you beware of that which is before you and beware of that which is وَمَا خَلْفَكُمْ and that which is behind you لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ so that perhaps you may be treated with mercy or you will receive mercy. When it is said to them, what is their response? The response is not even worth mentioning. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not even mention it. Basically their response is of denial. They don't pay heed. They don't take a lesson. When the people are advised, and in particular which people are these? The same, the deniers, the ghafileen. لَقَدْ حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ عَلَىٰ أَكْثَرِهِمْ فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا فِي أَعْنَاقِهِمْ أَغْلَالًا فَهِيَ إِلَى الْأَذْقَانِ فَهُمْ مُقْمَحُونَ So when they are told, اِتَّقُوا اِتَّقُوا meaning have taqwa of. And what does taqwa mean? To take precautionary measures, right? To save yourself from harm. So for example, having taqwa of Allah, what does it mean? To do something to protect oneself from Allah's punishment. How? By keeping away from what Allah has forbidden and doing what Allah has commanded. There's a simple definition of taqwa. So when they're told, اِتَّقُوا beware of مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيكُمْ That which is before you وَمَا خَلْفَكُمْ And that which is behind you. What is this referring to? This is referring to punishment of dunya and of akhirah. Right? Which is before you meaning right now, behind you as in what is to come later. So fear punishment in this world, fear punishment in the hereafter, or this can be understood as punishment of the previous nations, right? Or and future events. So, think about how the previous people were punished, and think about the warnings that have been given concerning the future. Like, for example, yeah, Juj, Juj, and you know, and the signs of the day of judgment. I mean, some serious things are to happen. So, think about these matters and change yourself. Believe, or. مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَمَا خَلْفَكُمْ can refer to some form of punishment from the sky or the earth. Like in Surah Saba, Ayah 9, Allah says, أَفَلَمْ يَرَوْا إِلَى مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Do they not see that which is before them and behind them of the sky and the earth? So before them and behind them refers to the sky and the earth. Because if you look up, what do you have before you? The sky. And what is it that you have behind you? It's the earth. If you look down, what do you have before you? The earth. And what is behind you? It's the sky. No matter where you are, you have the sky and the earth before you, behind you. We can never escape, you know, from the earth and the sky limiting us. We can never escape this realm of the sky and the earth. So, fear. Think about it. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ إِتَّقُوا مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَمَا خَلْفَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ Because when you will fear and you will reform yourselves, only then you will receive Allah's mercy. So when the suggestion is made, take lesson from history, take lesson from your past, take lesson from what you see around you. Do they listen? No, they don't. Allah says, وَمَا تَأْتِيهِمْ And it does not come to them. مِنْ آيَةٍ Any ayah, any sign, any proof, whether it is some natural phenomenon, a historical event, a verse of the Qur'an, any ayah مِنْ آيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ From the signs of their Lord, إِلَّا except كَانُوا They have been عَنْهَا فَمِدْ مُعْرِضِينَ Ones who turn away. 
Mu'ridin i'rad, i'rad is to be completely disinterested. They act as if they do not know. Meaning, they do not accept or benefit from any proof, from any ayah, from any sign. In Surah Yusuf, ayah 105, Allah says, وَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَمُرُّونَ عَلَيْهَا وَهُمْ عَنْهَا مُعْرِضُونَ How many signs in the sky, the earth, they pass by them, but they turn away from them. What does it show? Any person who ignores Allah's ayat has a symptom of? Of? Kufr, if you think about it. Turning away from Allah's ayat, this is not something that a believer does. He pays attention, he reflects, he takes notice. He appreciates the ayat of Allah. He gives them their due haq. Turning away from Allah's ayat, not even looking at them or admiring them or paying attention to them, this is not something that befits a believer. وَإِذَا and when قِيلَ لَهُمْ It is said to them, أَنْفِقُوا Spend مِمَّا From that which رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهِ Allah has provided you. Meaning when the believers suggest the disbelievers to spend something out of what Allah has given them, meaning give to those who are in need, what is their reaction? قَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who disbelieve, they say, لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا To those who believe, What's their response to the believers? Their response is, أَنُطْعِمُ Shall we feed, نُطْعِمُ From ta'am, ta'am is food, ta'am is to give food. They say, shall we feed man, the person who, لَوْ يَشَاءُ اللَّهِ If Allah wanted, أَطْعَمَهُ He could have fed him. If Allah wanted, He could have fed that person. Meaning if a person is hungry, they're so poor, they don't even have food, it means that Allah wants them to be hungry. Because if Allah wanted, He could have fed that person. So if Allah did not feed that person, you're saying we should feed him? In antum illa fi mubin. They say to the believers that you are not except in clear error. What logic? What logic is being used over here? It's amazing. When they're told, reflect on the ayat, it's as if they don't understand a thing. They don't use their mind over there. But when it comes to refuting or arguing or debating or coming up with lame excuses, they use their brains over there a lot. Look at the logic, look at the reasoning that has been given over here. First of all, what do we see in this ayah? وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ Meaning the believers suggest to the disbelievers, spend on the needy. Spend on the needy. And... It's a general word, anfiqu, spend. Right? And what's the response of the disbelievers? Anutarimu. Shall we feed? Meaning we're not even going to feed. We're not even going to give food. The believers call to general spending, but we see that these people are so stingy that they would not even give food to the hungry. Because look at the words over here, anfiqu. They said anfiqu. And what's the response? Anutarimu. Because spending is general. You could give food, you could give clothing, you could give shelter, you could give anything. But they refuse to even offer food. What does this show? Extreme stinginess and selfishness. Because if you think about it, food is the basic, most urgent need. Isn't it? It's a basic human right. And it's also commonly available and easy to share. You don't have to do much to give food to somebody. 
How often do you go to buy clothes and how often do you go to buy food? Seriously. We make almost a weekly trip to the grocery store. That's if we're really organized. Right? Otherwise we're rushing there like every other day or every two days. Every time we pick children from school, you know, a grocery trip on the way. And despite the groceries, lunch money is being sent. Isn't it? Or a stop is being made at Tim Hortons or somewhere else. Because... We spend so much on food, it's readily available. And it's the easiest thing to share. When it comes to sharing clothing, when it comes to giving, you know, other things, it's more difficult. You have put in some extra effort. So over here, the stinginess and the selfishness of these people is being described that they wouldn't even bother to give food to others. Secondly, we see over here that the believers are calling others to spend. Right? To spend on those who are needy. Because this is what Iman does to a person. Iman makes a person soft-hearted, sensitive to the needs of others. A person can no longer remain selfish, concerned about their own, you know, safety and well-being and education and food and health. No, a true Iman makes a person sensitive to the needs of others. And this is the reason why we see the Prophet ﷺ when he came to Medina, one of the first things he taught was what? What did he say? Does anybody know? Abdullah bin Salam reported that hadith. That all oh people, afshis salam, spread the salam, and tut'imu ta'am, give food to others, pray in the night while the people are asleep, and you will enter Jannah with salam. One of the first things the Prophet ﷺ taught when he came to Medina was feed others, feed the hungry, feed the needy, feed those who are hungry. So this is of the fruits of Iman. Now the response of Alladina Kafaru that's given over here, what is this response? That why should we feed others when Allah has not fed them? Meaning if some people are hungry, if they're in some trouble, they deserve it. So we're not going to do anything to get them out of that situation. The thing is that whether or not a person deserves that, that is between him and Allah. Isn't it? It's between him and Allah. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afflicted a servant with a worldly difficulty, whether it is hunger or war or you know, any kind of trouble in this world, what the reason is, Allah knows. And really, it's none of our business to know the reason. What our business is, that as human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to care for others too. To like for others what we like for ourselves. Allah has ordered that we spend out of what we have been given on others. And so we have to feed those who are hungry. And if you think about it, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept some people hungry and poor, that is so that other people will have the opportunity to feed, to feel for others. Because if you think about it, if every human being was fully independent of another, then would people really care about each other? No. And we see this, that the more independence we gain, the more selfish and you know unconcerned we become of, of the problems of other people. So there's definitely good in the evil that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. And another thing that we have learned earlier also is that just because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed something to happen, it doesn't necessarily mean that He loves it. 
So saying that this person is hungry because Allah wants him to be hungry, this is wrong thinking. This is an incorrect belief. And we see over here the problems of a wrong theology, a corrupted aqidah. What is the problem? It leads to corruption in actions also. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the example of a good word is like a good tree. Right? And a good word is referring to the word of iman. Iman is like a good tree. Kashajaratin tayyiba. And the example of a bad aqidah, of a corrupt aqidah, is like that of a khabith tree. Kashajaratin khabithatin. Because a sound aqidah, a sound theology will lead to good actions. And a corrupt theology, a corrupt aqidah will lead to corrupt actions. So you see this corrupt theology that if somebody is suffering, it's because God wants them to suffer. Look at the selfishness that it's leading towards. And this is what the people of Makkah believed in actually. And then we also see over here that وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ قَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنُطْعِمُ مَنْ لَوْ يَشَاءُ اللَّهُ أَطْعَمَهُ إِنْ أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ They accused the believers of being in error. Whereas who's really in error? They themselves are in error. And this whole argument that has been given over here is illogical. It doesn't make sense. It's basically an excuse to get out of you know, spending on others. Just as they come up with so many excuses to not believe in the Prophet ﷺ or to not believe in the resurrection or to not believe in Allah or to not believe in the Qur'an. It's all excuses. Just as this argument does not have any basis, likewise the other arguments they give, the other excuses they present for their disbelief, no basis whatsoever. Everybody stand up please. Please share something with the person standing next to you. All right, go ahead. Uh, so just uh, reflecting on uh, these last ayat. Okay, reflections. The attitude of the disbelievers that's described here, it's the complete opposite of what we studied in the previous surah where Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَتْلُونَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَأَنْفَقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ سِرًّا وَعَلَانِيًا يَرْجُونَ تِجَارَةً لَنْ تَبُورُ So everything starts with uh, believing in the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reciting the Qur'an and reflecting on it, so, and the actions follow that. And if from the outset we reject the verses of Allah, then we see what our result would be. Yes, very true. That change begins with believing in the ayat of Allah. Right? The heart comes alive, it becomes sensitive. With what? With iman in the ayat of Allah. Whether those ayat are kawni or shari. When that iman is there, then change is there. Then a person can do infaq. Then he can spend on others. And spending on others is, you know, the most basic thing. If you look at it, who doesn't like to spend on others? It's children. Right? Because they say, it's mine. But when they do realize the benefits of sharing, and when they do understand the concept of when you give, you get more, when you give, that brings you more pleasure, you're doing it for a greater benefit, delayed gratification, then are they able to give and share? Yes, they are. But sometimes what happens, even adults, they behave like children. So the change can only happen, a person can only become focused on others instead of self-centered when 
when there is iman in the ayat of Allah. Sometimes in downtown when you walk you have somebody maybe homeless ask you I'm hungry can do you have a dollar some other people they might tell you they're going to spend alcohol or drug don't give it to them so we don't know if they're going to spend in drug or really they're going to eat so just give it to them and leave it your near to sadaqa inshallah yeah because sometimes what happens is that when people are in a state of need whether it's a person begging for a dollar or two outside, we say or we think it's their fault they are in this state. Isn't it? How often we think like that about people who are doing drugs, it's their fault. You know, yes, it may be their fault, but think about what difficulties they may have gone in their life because of why they are in the state they're in today. At the time of the Prophet the people who started accepting Islam in the beginning were the youth and the free slaves. Most of the times, the companions, a good amount of them were poor and needed food, and they would come out of their houses hungry, looking for food. So we don't know, and those were the ones who are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we don't know the situation of the people who are in that right now. They can be tested by Allah, and we can be feeding those who are beloved to Allah. Exactly. Right. So we should never think that just because a person is suffering in worldly terms... They must be very evil. That Allah is punishing them. No. Assalamualaikum. And also people's situation can change. Today maybe you're giving that dollar to someone, but maybe tomorrow you'll need somebody to help you as well. Mm-hmm. So we keep we should keep that in mind. Very true. Yes. Go ahead. Assalamualaikum. I read this story once. A brother, his mother was very sick and he took her hospital and she was in a hospital and the doctor, they told him she might not make it. So he was very sad and he went for a ride and he stopped in gas station. And he, while he's in a car uh, to fill up the gas, he saw a kitten. They don't have a house. They're hungry and it was cold and raining. And he said, who will feed this kitten? And he went to the gas station and he get tuna. And he opened the tuna and he gave it to them. And then he went back to the hospital to check in his mom. And then when he came to the hospital, he didn't find his mom in that room. And he asked the nurse, he, she said, surprisingly, your mom, she wake up. And he said, how? And he went to her. He asked her how. And she said, I don't know. I was seen in my dream, kitten raising hand saying, oh Allah, cure this woman. So subhanallah. Subhanallah. No deed is wasted. No charity is wasted. Yes. Yes, please. Jazakallah khaydan. Assalamu alaikum. My reflection is on Innasha Nurikum. That whenever we talk about ships and um, boats, we automatically think about Titanic, that mm-hmm. world famous ship. And when they manufactured that ship, the statement was finally we have manufactured an unsinkable ship. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, according to the, its manufacturers was unsinkable, but poor unsinkable couldn't even finish its one ba- first, first journey, the very first journey. So everything is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And same with the airplanes and crashes. The same safety measures have been taken even for those planes who got crashed or got lost or something. There is nothing that they miss out or hear on the land, but subhanAllah, it's bismillah, it's yes. in the hands of Allah one time to make it, finish the journey, complete the journey, and land it safely. Yeah. So it's totally on, upon yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Really, we are at the mercy of Allah. Jazakallah khairan. Okay. Recitation.
وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمُ اتَّقُوا مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَمَا خَلْفَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ وَمَا تَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ مِنْ آيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ إِلَّا كَانُوا عَنْهَا مُعْرِضِينَ وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ قَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا قال الذين كفروا للذين آمنوا أنطعم من لو يشاء الله أطعمه إن أنتم إلا في ضلال مبين 